0: good to go. We're going to try this again because it didn't work the first time. Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And we are back with episode number six. Still working on the helicopter, huh?
1: Yeah. We've been really busy in the shop where my anticipation of being able to come out here really quick and like, ooh, I'll do a little bit and then go work and then go do a little bit more has been non-existent.
0: Yeah. That kind of weird around here. We've had a lot. We've had a lot going on and... Uh, I feel like nothing's finishing Is
1: that just me? No it's. There's been incremental change Right But it's not flashy incremental change We're not like poof This one's done Yeah like we were working on that project outside And little tiny things keep holding it up So there's progress But that progress is still not like High five we're done Let's right. ship off the footage kind of done Yeah
0: And uh, there's big thunder outside, in case you can hear that in the microphone. I'm working on the ghost. I got the ghost in. Check it out. And you can tell this has been sitting in a window of some toy store or something because the end of the box here is all faded out. That is not Lego red. Nope.
1: That's not official Star Wars orange. (laughs)
0: That's Lego pink. (laughs) So got this big set that I've been wanting to work on for a long time, which is really cool. And let's see. Oh, two instruction books. Cool. I like it and a big thing of stickers i like it Ooh, interesting piece Ooh. that's new i
1: know that have, reminds me of when have. i had uh i had a boat a long time ago yeah and it had the really heavy brick do you remember those Yep. yeah there's yeah. like the ballast brick i think I had a tub kind of similar to that
0: yeah this one's kind of weird though it's got the holes in the end of it and in the bottom of it so different um I'm gonna dump this out, it's gonna be kinda of loud. So everybody, actually, I'll just look for, bo- bo- uh, I'll look for bag mm-hmm. one. That's bag three. That's bag six, that's a good sign. That, oh, bag mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. That's bag two. Nope, bag five. <laughs> <laughs> bag. So, Damn. bag one's all the way to the bottom. All right, now I'm gonna dump all these back in.
1: <laughs> Raw
0: And done! Okay, now, one more thing, I just gotta open the bag. <laughs> I know, some of you are absolutely ha- ah, hating it right now. What are those idiots that, doing? That bag, I got the little bag exception. That's dumped. Okay, bags are done for me today.
1: Oh no! And then I dropped a ghost okay, head. Okay, so, this orange, iconic Lego tool. Yes. I did not know existed until the Lego movie.
0: This is the brick separator. That's okay. what it's called.
1: I never had one of these. Okay. And I saw one of the, like, Easter egg reveal things in the Lego movie, and they're like, ooh, and if you look in the background, there's a brick separator or the little orange oh. thing. I'm like, the what? And then I finally got a set. I don't remember what it was that had it. And I'm like, what is this little thing you do? And it's yeah. surprisingly useful. It is. To where I just had to use my teeth. Oh, yeah. And I, boom there's thunder. That's big thunder. Yeah, but I didn't know that that thing existed. I
0: don't. I think it's kind of recent. I mean, mm. not recent, recent, but like, uh, well, the the stamp on the bottom of this one is 2010, and I don't know if that means the set was 2010 or that's when they started making those. But yeah, we didn't have these Mm-mm. growing up for sure. It's a, it's the next generation, tool for Lego builders.
1: Yeah, recommended um, by three out of four dentists.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. I should ask my dad. My dad was a dentist. I should ask him how many many teeth he had to fix from kids butting into Lego bricks. Um, We've had a few episodes out now. This is number six. Mm -hmm. Had some pretty good feedback from people.
1: We have. And like I promised, I read all of the iTunes reviews. They were extremely flattering. So thank you very much to everybody who left a review over there. I actually read them, too. Oh. Yeah. It was nice. Like Thank you. Red. Thank
0: you for that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't want to commit to reading them because sometimes when they're mean, it makes me sad, and I don't. <laughs> I don't like to do that. But they were all really nice. I'm sure they won't all stay nice forever, and that's okay. But uh, I'm really grateful for the nice comments that everybody left so far, and on the videos, we've had some good comments on the the videos over on YouTube. So that's really cool. Uh oh, I don't see a lightsaber in this bag. Oh, I do. Never mind. Is that Kanan's lightsaber? That's Kanan. Uh, Star Wars Rebels is something we have not talked about. Nope. Yet. We haven't. Do we have anything else we want to talk about today?
1: Um, I feel like we did. Oh,
0: oh, follow up from last time. Okay. So we were talking about the uh, my dream with the owl. Uh-huh. Remember? And uh-huh. I said I didn't know where it came from. Like, uh-huh. why? Uh, my brother sent me a message this week because he listened to it.
1: Did he now? And he, he sent s- me one also. <laughs> oh, yeah? Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and he said... Um, I always thought the Golden Owl was from Clash of the Titans. And I totally forgot. Did you ever see Clash of the Titans? No.
1: Oh, my goodness. With all the Josh. like big scary monsters, the like, Greek monsters and all yeah. that? Like yeah. Which one? There's been many.
0: No, there's one, Clash of the Titans. Okay. It's a single movie. I don't think it's ever been remade.
1: Or maybe what it was not What time frame were you thinking movies. of?
0: This is like uh, late 70s, probably? Know, they've, they've remade that movie since. Okay. So. Well, there's been the original Clash of the Titans was kind of like Jason and the Argonauts. You ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the stop motion, there was a lot yeah. of like stop motion-y stuff in it. There was a Medusa that was really freaky, and I remember seeing that movie in the theater, Clash of the Titans, and I don't remember being especially scared of any of it, but it was like a good adventure-type movie, but there's the main character has a little robotic golden owl that's like his sidekick, his dude. His name was... I'm wanting to say Archimedes, but I think that's because of Sword and Stone. Yeah, it was Sword and Stone. Golden so Owl's name. So I don't know. I don't think Archimedes. that's the name, but that's that's what comes up in my head. Uh, anyway, so there was this little robotic golden owl, and I don't remember being scared of that movie. But he was when he mentioned that, I was like, oh, I guess the time frame like makes sense. Maybe that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe just, that and Ghostbusters just like jammed together yep. in my head, and maybe that's where the owl came from. They just happened to be on my drapes. So, what did he send you a message I'm about? not
1: going to tell you what he's going to send me a message of. Oh, come on. It may show up. Oh. Hmm. All right. It's really fun having, uh, like, being here in your hometown with all your family. Because, <laughs> I like, I've become friends with them, too. And I forget that they're also these people that know all these weird, silly things about oh, you that no one else knows.
0: Great. Yeah. That should be fun for me. So, it's fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Well, there's all sorts of stories like you know, when you grow, when you're around your family, all the stories come out of all the stupid stuff you did when you were a kid. And like every time you're around other people, they're all, oh, remember that time when you were little and you said this one thing that makes you sound really stupid now, but at the time it was totally reasonable because you were four, right, or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of those that happen. Not so much anymore, but that has happened a lot in the past. It was always one of those things when I came home from college. It was like time to embarrass Bob. Time to embarrass Bob. <laughs> yeah, but. Now that we're here, that doesn't happen as much. So you never saw Clash of the
1: Titans? Uh, I don't remember if I saw Clash of the Titans.
0: So main character, don't remember him, dude, Natoga, curly hair. Nope. Something. I don't know what his name was, but he goes off uh, on some adventure Ends up running into Medusa, who would turn people into stone by looking Unfamiliar at. Familiar
1: with Medusa from yeah, from lore.
0: Yeah, and he ends up chopping her head off, and he gets this like he's hold. There's this iconic shot of him holding this Medusa head, still screaming, mm. with all the snakes moving, which is stop motion stuff. Still screaming, blood pouring out of the bottom of the neck. <laughs> so maybe it was a little scary. Now I was that, I say, think that about sounds it sounds like
1: a great kids movie. Yeah,
0: there were a few things like that that I watched. Um, speaking of kids movies, we recently have we have built a list of things of movies that we saw as kids that we want to show our kids and so we wanted to start kind of watching them here and there Mm -hmm. to vet them (laughs) you know because we were talking a couple weeks ago how a lot of those movies are just like totally inappropriate yeah but we saw them right so we wanted to watch through some we watched et recently last Mm -hmm. week have you seen et in in the last
1: 20-plus years? I saw... I mean, I've, I have saw E.T. before. I remember watching E.T. And then I saw it when as they... were a kid? Were, yeah. And okay. then they re-released it. And I remember oh, going yeah. with my mom to go see it. Okay. Um. So, yes. I am familiar with E.T. I, I didn't really like E.T. There were some funny parts. But, like, for being as infatuated with, like, the space program as I was, to see those, like, space guys, like, walking all down the street real ominous hmm And then, like, busting into his house, like, that part was scary. Yeah. Well, it's
0: funny because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember liking it. I remember being a little bit scared, but ultimately it was, like, something that we watched, you know? And I, I had kind of, like, the wrong story in my hmm. head, which was interesting because I remembered it as there were these bad guys. Once there was an alien they came and tried to take the alien mm-hmm. to cut it up and you know mess with the alien.
1: And well, so when we watched it the, not the other too night, far up.
0: no, they didn't do that at all. Like I was totally off base. They the people that come in and like take over and take over his house and everything are there mm-hmm. trying to help ET survive. They're they're doctors and they're there like checking his vitals and the main guy, the guy with the keys, uh-huh. which I thought was fantastic. Because you go through almost the entire movie and there's a character you know absolutely nothing about. You don't ever see his face. You hear the jingle of his keys. And that's the only thing that defines that character. But you know he's bad. You know he's the guy that's chasing everybody. It was so good. Hmm. I'd forgotten like little things like that in the movie. Or I just never noticed him as a kid. Anyway, he's the main, I want to say bad guy, but he's not a really bad guy. There's a line where he says to Elliot, he came to me when I was 10 too. And I'm so glad that he's come to you. And I'm like... Really? What? Wow, I
1: don't remember that. I'm like, I don't remember this
0: at all. And he was there Mm. to save E.T., to make sure that he was healthy and was totally on the same page that he had to get back to his spaceship. It was like a really Hmm. different movie story-wise than what I remembered. And it was really cool to watch it again after seeing, um, you know, there's several movies over the last, or shows or whatever, the last few years that emulate the old Spielberg style. yeah. Super 8, did you ever see Super 8? Yep. Okay, Super 8 was like a great ripoff of that style, Mm -hmm. you know, intentionally. Stranger Things pulls a lot of stuff from it. And so it was really cool to go back and see that movie, E.T., which I think was the basis for all of the 80s kids on bikes trying to solve a mystery (laughs) thing. Um, And it was cool to see that again after having, you know, been into more current renditions of the same stuff. Yeah. and to see kind of where it came from. And I'm sure that's not the only one that influenced those, but it definitely had that vibe. You know, there's like a whole section where the BMX boys are trying to get ET away and they're jumping over these little berms yeah. and all this stuff and the cops are, you know, trying to catch them. And at the same time in this story, I'm like watching, it, I'm like, why are the cops chasing these kids? Like, like they just all <laughs> of a sudden decided to chase a group of kids who didn't actually do anything wrong, really. Mm. I mean, they took the the alien out of the... but there's only one kid that has an alien and there's like six of them, five of them on bikes.
1: Yeah. Then they split up.
0: Yeah. And the cops continue to chase all of the kids. And I'm like, why (laughs) those kids didn't do anything wrong. I don't know. Anyway, it was fun to watch not having seen it in a very, very long time. Not entirely sure. All of my kids would be able to, I think some of them might just be a little spooked. Mm -hmm. Nothing like terrifying in it, but, you know it's got a good amount of
1: suspense so i'm not sure have know. you been on the et ride
0: it's at universal so. studios
1: i know there's the universal studios in florida i don't know if it still does yeah it is the trippiest like what in the world happened huh so that this ride exists like it takes you back to et's planet Whoa. where there's like super bright colors and mushrooms and all these et guys are like bouncing up and down on vines big smiles on their face and it's it's like an lsd trip <laughs> on this weird little bicycle thing I definitely have not seen they're like you're riding a bicycle theory? you're in like your little car yeah uh it, it's on a rail so it takes you through like scenes you know okay yeah, yeah. kind of it, it's yeah. a small world type thing mm-hmm. pirates of the caribbean type deal but, like, you're going through E.T.'s home planet. And you're like, hmm. didn't know any of this was canon. There's only been one movie. Yeah. Like, this is this is far out. And hmm. I remember just being so confused as to what was going on.
0: Hmm. Did you ever play the famed E.T. video game?
1: No. I know a lot about it. We had an Atari, but we did not have that game. I think the only game we had on Atari, which I think you and I have talked about, is I remember having Empire Strikes Back on yeah. Atari yeah. <laughs> where you had, you were the snowspeeder and you tried to attack yeah. the, the AT-ATs and not a single time. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a kid kid and I remember that and I remember getting mad that it just couldn't be done. And then I went on to Top Gun hmm. on NES, which I felt was the same thing. I was like, here's another movie-based stinking video game yeah. where I can't land on the aircraft carrier like it's impossible.
0: It Endic. was probably literally the same code with different sprites. Honestly, mm. <laughs> I think there were different enough systems that that's probably not true. But my friend Cameron, um, we used to hang out a whole lot when I was younger, and he had he was the only person well, not the only person, the first person I knew to have an NES mm. or an Atari Twenty Six Hundred. He had the gamepad. You know, he had like had all the games, and we the spent pad?
1: the Power Pad. Oh, yeah yeah. yeah.
0: We spent so much time playing E.T., and all of those things that you hear people say about how you would get stuck in the pit, Uh absolutely true, and I was that kid, which is really funny (laughs) because, like, I didn't play a whole lot of video games, but that's one we played a ton, and I remember very vividly getting stuck in that stupid pit and not being able to get out, and we're just, like, sitting there for 20 minutes trying to get out of a hole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so when all that stuff came up a few years ago, and, you know, they... There's, like, the documentary about the game mm. and about how they threw all the games in the landfill. And but everything. you have, it it's like,
1: in the arcade.
0: Yeah, I've got a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. I remember
1: seeing it one time. I, I have two, it's clean. two copies of it. The,
0: one of the copies that I had, a friend of mine, several years back, as a gift, bought a bunch of Atari games in the package, still in the cellophane, mm. on eBay. And they weren't expensive. There was, like, five or six of them. And there was, like, the football, the original football game, E.T., um... I don't remember what the other ones were, but they were still cellophaned. And when I got them, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I put them, you know, with some other, like, stuff that I have that's like that, that's in really good shape. And eventually I looked up the cost, and they were worth absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's- even E.T. And so I was like, well, I may as well just open these and put them in the thing and play yeah. with them, you know?
1: So It's weird, the stuff that you assign value because of nostalgia. Oh, yeah. And yeah. There, I think there is a certain tipping point that... Uh, enough people on eBay will have a thing and just leave it there for a long time and like not meet a minimum mm-hmm. until it's like one person's watching or two persons watching and then eventually like 20 people are watching because they care about the snorks now. <laughs> the snorks. Yeah. I remember the snorks. <laughs> Nobody cares about the snorks until or like the California Raisins that you got in the Hardies. Mm-hmm. like what I were those? All, I still have all I those. had a bunch of them. Yeah. The ones that wouldn't stand up yep. and they just flop over. Yep. Super stupid. Oh yeah. Now I'm sure that they're going to be collectible items. So, like, there is a tipping point where those are worth nothing. And then the next day, everybody happens to remember about the dumb California raisins with the surfboard that made them off kilter. And now, shabam, I wonder for the set.
0: Yeah, I wonder if they just, like, stuff like that will be idle for a long time. And then it gets injected into pop culture, like, in a certain show. It's in the background or it becomes, like, a subject of a something. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's really excited about it for just a little while. Just enough to drive the price up for, like... Six months.
1: Yep. And then it falls away again. Where it may be some ironic gag gift, but they really just like it. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Um, I had there, some, was some, there was something else I was going to say to add on to what you said. I had one of those too. Oh. We should,
0: it was a we should video have game. A, note,
1: a notepad. Yeah, a video game at your friend's house story. Okay. Uh, so we didn't have an NES. We had the Atari, and I don't remember playing it all that much because we only had that one game. And then this kid down the street, we, we moved houses, and I was trying to make friends, and they had this one kid down the street that I didn't really know that well, but then came to his house, and he had an NES, I don't think Super Nintendo was out yet, he had an Atari, like, he had all the stuff. Hmm. I was coveting the things in his house. Hmm. And so I was like, yo, maybe we can hang out and, like, play video games <laughs> be one best day. best friends. He was like, sure, come on over. And, uh... He was like, we're going to go to church on Sunday, so why don't you come to church? And then before church, we can play video games. I was like, that sounds like a bang-up idea. (laughs) So we get over there, and they went um, to—I don't want to offend anybody. I went to a very conservative church as a kid, and this was the snakes and tambourines type church. Okay. Which I didn't know. Right. Different from what you were used to. Very much different. Like, very, very different from what I was used to. Okay. And so I get over there, I'm like, okay, I guess if I want to play the Nintendo and all these cool games this guy has, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to go to this church where people are, like, hollering and hooting and all the stuff that I was completely unaccustomed to. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So I went over there, and I'm like, yeah, let's power this thing up. And his mom comes around the corner and was like, there are no video games on Sunday. Oh. I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, that's, that's the thing. There's no video games on Sunday. Hmm. And I remember looking at this kid, like... You knew that the whole time? You have had to have known that the whole yeah, time. Yeah, that's
0: not a new rule, probably. Yeah,
1: exactly. She didn't just pop this on you because you're not upset like I'm upset. You just mm. took it. And I had to go to the church, and mm. I was so uncomfortable. Mm. And, all, like, it was probably twofold. I was uncomfortable because I was there at that particular venue, and I was just, like, laser dagger eyes this kid. I'm yeah, like,
0: yeah. man. So I, I assume you guys didn't become best friends. No. After that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Have I ever told you about Chuck, my friend Chuck? No,
1: but uh, I love. I think the name I have. Chuck.
0: I think I have told you about him actually. he lived uh, a few doors down, across the street, three, uh, doors three? horses, three <laughs> three horses down. <laughs> he lived three horses down from me, three houses down. Um, so Chuck and I were friends when I was we. It was first started being friends when I was in like maybe first grade or something. He moved into this house and only lived there for a year, and uh i he had i don't I don't really know much about his family and he still lives around here, and so don't please don't take this if, bad if somehow you're listening, Chuck. I didn't know a lot about his family, but I got the feeling that his parents were really busy. his dad was in the military, they were you know gone a lot and mm-hmm. busy a lot oh yeah, and he had basically every toy, and I always assumed it was because like he didn't really have a lot to do, so they just gave him every toy. He wasn't spoiled or anything like that super nice kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just had everything. He had the flag. He had the USS flag. He's the only person I've ever met in my entire life that had that thing because it was like was a the big aircraft five, carrier, yeah, right? yeah. A five foot long plastic aircraft carrier that you could put a big two foot long jet on. Like that's just they something had that, that
1: at that store at the mall.
0: I know, that I it. It. That's just like something that people, like real people, don't have. That is the last generation of eight hundred dollar Millennium Falcon. Yep, that's what that was. So anyway, he had that. He had 2 addats. AT-ATs. Another thing that, like, nobody should have. Like, why in the world? He had two snake eyes. That's how I got my snake eyes figure. He had one that the hand broke off because, like, the, you know, the little plastic GI Joe hands mm-hmm. were, like, suck Half the hand broke off of one of them, and he got another one. So he was like, hey, you want this busted one? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I you do.
1: The tattered remains of my childhood. Yeah.
0: But it was just so weird because, like, I mean, I had toys. I had a lot of toys. But I didn't get everything I wanted and there were tons of things that I wanted that we just never got to, we never, you know, and it wasn't a big deal, but then we go over to his house and he had everything and multiples of things and I'm just like, how does that happen? As a child, I'm just like, how does that happen that you just get so many toys that you just have two of this thing and two of that thing? It just blew my mind. I don't know why I started talking about Chuck. I had a friend like that too. He had everything, anyway
1: yeah i had a friend that had a nice kid too he he had all the cool toys and i remember that his parents said that like on his birthday and his christmas or birthday and christmas he only got like the socks and underwear like the toys or the the presents you don't want to unwrap Hmm. like that's what he got because he got toys all the rest of the time Oh wow! and he had them in these big rubbermaid bins and it was super organized and so like my my love of the centurions I got from – the the show was cool. I think I might have had one. His name was Travis. So Travis had all of them. Oh, not the Centurion.
0: I thought maybe the Centurion you had was named Travis. Was oh, like, no, That's kind of funny.
1: Travis was the kid's <laughs> name. Okay, gotcha. But he had all of the stuff. And when I started getting nostalgic, I was like, hey, man, are you wanting to sell any of those? And he's like, no. Mm. For the same reasons I wanted them, yeah, he to wanted to them. keep them. Right. I was like, well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. You can't fault somebody for wanting to have cool toys from their childhood.
0: Oh, yeah. Like their stuff.
1: And that stuff is expensive now. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think toys were back in the day have all kind of reached that apex where if you have the collection or you have the the small little piece that came along with it, mm-hmm. like those things are commodities. Oh, yeah. If
0: you go looking for any of those, I mean, you've seen this with your Centurion, Centurions that you've been getting. But like you'll pay as much for a weapon or a backpack as you will for an entire bear figure or, got, like, or like 75% of yep. a complete set or something. It's always that last little thing that got lost in the couch cushions, you know, as <laughs> in the 80s. Like that's the thing that nobody has. So that's the thing that actually has value, has, has cost. I don't know if it has a value, but. Nostalgia yeah. is deep rooted. It really is. And I, I heard a story about nostalgia. Was that a radio lab where they talked about that?
1: Um, it, it was a really interesting. Letter. There was a stuff you should know that yeah, had, what um, what's his name? A comedian that used to do the Apple commercials, who was the PC in the Apple commercials. John Hodgman? John Hodgman. Hodgman, like he pooh poo's all over nostalgia <laughs> because he thinks it's, it's contrary to progress. Is that you are always thinking about the grand old times and the good old days, but they really weren't that good. It's just the context that you perceive them because all we seem to care about were cartoons and toys I mean, and I video games. See that. Yeah. When there was uh, I mean, it's it's the glass half full because you weren't able to tell how big your glass was. Hmm. Like if you you thought everything was great, but you didn't have the perspective to understand how just yeah. You know what was going on in the rest of the world it was actually pretty terrible for everybody else other than right. us sitting in front of the tv watching saturday morning cartoons
0: that's interesting i mean i would agree with that but at the same time like that's is that a bad thing to want to go back to that's not necessarily counter to progress
1: well i think it's people are trying to shape the now to become their versions their personal versions of back then hmm. so like when you try to make america great again that's from one person's perspective right so you're trying to shape the the collective to go back to a time when you were happy and so it's a very selfish oh, way of yeah. of hmm. viewing progress because it's progress under your own metric hmm. it's not looking at the equality of others or trying to empathize with someone else who may have had a different experience than you it's trying to get back to what you thought was great ignoring all of the other things right and going like you know what we should have you know tgif should come back Urkel needs to come back, but he only needs to be 16. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to see Jaleel White now when he's in his 40s.
0: I guess there's like, there's, those are kind of two different things. Like, that makes a lot of sense. You know, having interests and things that you enjoy for the sake of them being nostalgic for you is one thing. Mm -hmm. Forcing that on other people or trying to stop other people from progressing because it's contrary to your nostalgia. Yep. That's a different thing. And I, think I wouldn't have separated those two things out, yeah. but that makes a lot of sense. I
1: think that's the argument. And I think it's all depending on what set of glasses you're looking in. Like, if you just want to remember the fun times that you had and share, like we're doing right now, the fun times and the stuff that was great. Or you can, like, your humanities professor could come along and go, you know what? All those things were made in sweatshops. And those toys were toxic. And no one cared about you. Right. And mm-hmm. you, were gonna, you and three of your friends choked on all those little pieces. But you didn't care because you were just having fun. And you're like, well, yeah, I was. That's exactly how I remember that. Like, thank you (laughs) for just crapping all over my fun time memories there. But it's not that it's wrong. It's not that it's it's bad to try to focus on what you liked about things because those are happy memories. Like, it would just be really depressing if you're like, you know what? Iran Contra was going on. You remember that? (laughs) Remember the Challenger? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So it, it's a healthy balance. Yeah. But I th- I think the real argument is that you can't make America air quotes like what it was back when because there were just as many problems and just as many shortcomings as there were fun, happy times. It was the 80s. Like, everything was neon colored.
0: Yeah. The economy was yeah. doing
1: pretty well. Cartoons were all the rage. They had cool movies going on. But at the same time, like, there was oil crisis and, you know— The USSR was breaking down, and there was wars all over the place. And,
0: but Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on, like, what it is you're trying to— by by enjoying your nostalgia or trying to recreate something from your past, what is it you're trying to create? Mm -hmm. Is it a happy feeling for you in the moment there, like, this is an enjoyment thing? Or is it, like, I want to stop current media from being what it is because it's not what I used to enjoy? Because there there is that argument, too, where you could say, like, um, you know, current movies are all bad because they are not the E.T., right? Mm -hmm. They are not that quality of of all of the 80 movies, 80s movies that, you know, Spielberg only. If it's not Spielberg, then it it's not going to be as good. It's like you could end up kind of just throwing away all the current media for the sake of it being different to your. Uh, your idea of nostalgia. But at the same time, this goes back to the prequels. Mm. You could totally... And that's exactly what's happening. We enjoyed uh, the original Star Wars movies and we enjoyed movies of that time. The And we didn't like the prequels because they were not what we expected them to be in mm-hmm. relation to the original trilogy.
1: Make Star Wars great again. <laughs> but there again,
0: they were not made for us. Yep. And the next series of movies will not be made for us. And so we actually do our kids a disservice by trying, we being, you know, people of our age who enjoyed Star Wars movies back then, do our kids a disservice by trying to force Lucasfilm and all those people to have, like, oh, you should definitely stick to the thing that we liked. Yep. Because that's not the world that the kids, our kids live in. Why is a Boba
1: Fett crawling out of the Sarlacc (laughs) pig yet? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's, like, so much garbage that
0: happens around, like, all the the... Stuff around diversity, people complaining about diversity in the new movies and how it's just like all of a sudden there's a bunch of different races, you know, human races versus Mm -hmm. there were alien races before. People complain about that because it's different than what they knew. That doesn't do anybody any favors and that doesn't actually get you closer to what you wanted out of a Star Wars movie or whatever.
1: And I don't think that there's a property or a government or a civilization that goes, you know what? You're right. Yeah, we should just stay right here. Bru- bust out those tube TVs. <laughs> Remote controls are stupid. That's right. Remember your grandma who said that your microwave was going to kill all your vitamins, and yeah, she could have been right. <laughs> Get rid of it. Yeah, Pro- progress is good. Yeah, but it, it's it's contrary to what people are used to, and they're afraid that that the things that are are changing or the things that are coming about. Right. are going to end up uh, perverting or diluting or destroying the, that piece of nostalgia that they held on to
0: well and that's that even what you just said goes way past nostalgia that goes or or the the definition of nostalgia changes because that is the 60s that is the 50s that is the 40s all relative to the to the decade before mm-hmm. you know um, I mean all the the racists of one of those decades was really, you know, they were really upset that stuff was changing for the better. Um, and then the next generation, or the next decade, there was a different group of people that were upset because stuff was changing in a different way. Yep. Not not all changes are for the better, I'm not saying that, but I, I do think that people are always gonna be, no matter their, their stage of life, or the situation that they're in, or when we're talking about, people are always gonna be resistant to something Changing in a way that they don't have any control over and is in direct conflict
1: to something that
0: they grew up having or feeling or knowing. Or
1: Or their comfort level. Yeah. Because it's something that you just may not have ever been experienced to or exposed to. Right. So I think a lot of people are – they default to dislike or fear Hmm. rather than like this inquisitive type, okay, well, tell me more about that. It's not that's bad or that's stupid or – oh. Like
0: instead of going to curiosity, they go right to fear
1: to fear or irritation that hmm. or just like how dare somebody try to change this thing? And I don't think that's just personality like thats you see that a lot in business culture. like when I was at Lockheed right. like to try to to change something, and they're like, why do you want to change it? I'm like, well, because this is this is better. It's more efficient. It saves this much money. like even with these very quantitative reasons that you would think companies would enjoy, they're like, no, but we already know how to do it this way. Hmm. And so trying to invoke change in the name of progress is not easy to do in a lot of bigger companies. I think because of that same mentality. They're run by people that are of a certain generation or of a certain mindset. that, Or maybe when they came on, that was their new thing. And I go, well, how mm-hmm. you can't change it because I already changed it like twenty years ago, and now it's perfect.
0: <laughs> I think there's a little bit, and I mean, in a corporate culture, there is a, a different dimension to it as well. I don't think what you said is wrong, but you know, there are, especially in a company that size, there are shareholders that you are responsible to. True, and so it's not just about like, well, let's take a risk and see if this works better, and if not, we'll take the next quarter to bounce back. You know, it's because you have people who are have ownership and have investment you are responsible to on a pretty regular basis for accounting for your choices and for your actions. So, and there is a little bit different there. And, you know, the bigger something grows corporate entity-wise, the slower
1: it's going to move, I would think. Yes, because it needs to go through many stages of approval. Right. But do you think maybe um, people that are resistant to change, like socially, have that same thing that they think that their shareholders being their grandkids or their family or the people that are going to take care of them are now being tainted or, or um, hmm. molded in a, in a way that's negative? Um, I mean, possibly.
0: That seems a little. That, that. Hmm. So the shareholder idea where you are responsible to other people, that feels a little more mature then this is different than what I want, what I am used to, where I came from mm-hmm. and what I expect. That feels very selfish and very immature. Back in my day? Yeah. So, you know, if it were, man, we've gotten really abstract really quickly. Oh, yeah. What are we talking about? Yo, if Building if, Legos. If I,
1: <laughs> Talking about social problems. If
0: I were to say, I don't like the way that this social situation is going mm-hmm. because it's going to affect my grandchildren or my children or whatever, I think that probably happens, but I think more often than not, it would be, this is going to change things for me. So even even in the case of it making an effect, oh, man, this is super abstract, even, social change having an effect on the way that my children or my grandchildren live, the choices that they make, the opportunities that they have. There's a really good possibility that the only reason that that, is of concern to me is how it still affects me. I don't know how to say that. Hmm. But like, if one of my children ended up becoming something that I wasn't comfortable with because of social change, because of some other situation, the only reason that's a problem is because I'm uncomfortable with it. You see what I'm saying? How it would... Th- it goes against eventually. what I want, what I would have expected for my children, what I would have mm-hmm. wanted them to become or have, or I don't, you know. It's I'm, against
1: uh, your plan for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
0: So this, I've talked about this book the last couple of weeks.
1: Screen free Yeah, yeah
0: scream-free parenting. But one of the points in it, and I may have mentioned this on here, is that it makes a distinction between, and it's it's not all right. I'm not saying that because uh, I, I kind of cringe at. Some of the stuff he says, I'm like, I don't don't know about that. But he makes the difference between being responsible for your children and being responsible to your children. And while that sounds like a pretty small thing, the more he explains it and the more you actually think about it relative to your own children, that's a pretty big difference. Being responsible for your children means that every failure they have is your failure throughout life. Being responsible to mm-hmm. your children means that you have a job to do to set them up to be uh, responsible, to be independent, to be compassionate, to be whatever it is you you know, you know think that they need to end up owning on their own and living on their own. You have a responsibility to set that stuff into place. And so there's like a different anxiety around those two things. There's an anxiety around like, well, if you end up being mean to people, that shows that I didn't do a good enough that job. That failed teaching my you. part. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so that kind of attaches to, like, the whole social, you know, if stuff changes in a way that I'm not comfortable with, it's still—it's it's because I'm not comfortable with it, not because it necessarily negatively affects my kids.
1: It's just easiest, I think, hmm. to use them as a defense. That's very true. Because it's the children. Like, yeah. you are responsible for your children. And so— Maybe. That's counter kind of to what I just said. Well, you're responsible for the the raising of your children. Yeah. Right legally. <laughs> it's on you. You're responsible you, to them
0: to keep them alive.
1: You are their guardian. Yeah, I am just messing with that. Um, you crap out a point.
0: I don't know. We've veered really far. I don't even know how we got to that.
1: I don't know either. But it was fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Legos. <laughs> lego legos we did have a comment from somebody saying i'm gonna say legos
1: and i heard somebody go the multiple of lego is lego go, yep
0: thanks you know i i disagree with you i know there's several out there people are screaming going no it is why is it how can you definitively say that that's the case of a word that is not actually a word well, let's... It is a made-up word.
1: Let's carry on with that, then. If we're going to take a stance on a word, let's take a stance on a bunch of words. Okay. Is it Coke or Pop?
0: Uh, I, I, Coke is a brand name. so Coke I think. It, a brand name. Unless you were talking about Coca-Cola brand products, I would say... I would call it a soda, personally. Concur. I, yep. I never called it Pop. That's just like a That's so co- weird. Colloquially, colloquialism that I we don't that. have here. I love that word. I don't it's hard to say. Okay, what's another one? Uh, is it couch? <laughs> what? There's like Davenport. There's a bunch of weird words for Davenport? Couch. Yeah, people call it that. I've never heard of anybody really? call a couch a Davenport.
1: Even in the Kentuckiana area that you are? Yeah. People call it that. People are weird. That's not a
0: brand name or something?
1: It may have been one. Really? Yeah.
0: I've never heard that before.
1: What's the the cold thing upstairs in your kitchen that's broken right now
0: a refrigerator okay (laughs) what else would it be called
1: people call it weird stuff like what like the frigidaire oh that's a brand name right okay but it's the same it goes along with the coke and pop thing is that some people will associate that brand name now as you guys have talked about this on making like it has a name where the brand name eventually through social interaction just becomes the name like band-aid and things yeah Podcast is brought to you by (laughs) Bendy. I (laughs) wish, (laughs) but there were things that I remember when we were moving around and just interacting with different people. I'm like, you call that a what? And people call them Davenport's. Like, there's a group of people that are like nodding, Mm -hmm. and other people they're like, "Dude, a what? Like, it's a thing, huh? I don't know why it's a thing." Yeah, because I've grown up in. This one area most of my life until I became an adult and then discovered that most of the world doesn't act, think, or react the way that I do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a new one to me. I have not heard that. Like I
1: went to Waffle House the other day for breakfast. Well, there's your problem. I'm just kidding. No, I just had some eggs because I was like, I want to go to a place I can get some over easy eggs. Hmm. And Waffle House is a place that can do it with the quickness. And it took me going. No, we were at one of the woodworking shows in Atlanta. And a huge group of people from all over the country, like had never been to Waffle House. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a thing that doesn't exist for people." Really? Yeah. When we were in Washington, not a single one anywhere.
0: Hmm. I would <clears throat> excuse me. I always just assumed that was a kind of nationwide McDonald's style. Nope. Huh? It's
1: Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A is is growing, but it's yeah. kind of like in and like people in California with In and Out Burger. Like you can only get In and Out Burger in certain locations. Like it's California kind of. I think there's some in Texas maybe, but Waffle House has a has a range. Huh. And we took a whole group of curious travelers to the Waffle House one evening to hear their short order cooking, and it's it's nothing oh. great. It's not spectacular. It's just. That's funny. Reliable, standardized <clears throat> breakfast food. Hmm.
0: And it, well, what's ironic about that is that they don't exist in some places. And I know of two separate locations. There's one in Kentucky and there's one in Atlanta where there is a waffle house on, across from each other on two sides of the same street. Nice. Like not, not even offset, like mm-hmm. literally across the street from each other.
1: We have one in Georgia. I don't understand in that. There, in Kingsland <laughs> where we used to live. There was one by the interstate. And there was one on the other side of the interstate so no matter yeah. which direction you were traveling you could get right off the road yeah. go get some scattered smothered chunked and covered and get <laughs> right back on the highway with your bubble guts and continue <laughs> smothered smothered chunked and covered gross when we were dating tiff got uh i don't remember what they call it but she got everything on her hash browns like the work she got mm. all of the things on there and That's, she was a like a teenage girl and i'm like what are you doing <laughs> You're awesome. awesome. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm like, that is not a good idea. You, you're, you're going full on. Like, Did she finish it? She ate a majority of it and then wanted to throw up the rest of the road trip. And I'm like, and well, react. yeah, anybody could have called that. But hmm.
0: So there was a diner in Savannah that I, we used to go to in college. Open all night. And um, <clears throat> for some reason, I one time I really wanted chili. They had really good chili. And I also wanted a grilled cheese sandwich. And so they brought both of those things, grilled cheese sandwiches on a plate, and I was like, started dipping it in the chili. Have you ever done that?
1: No, but I could I see where those yeah, two things would go together. That's good.
0: So I dipped it in the chili, and then I'm like, you know what I should do is just like pour the chili all over this thing on the plate. Hmm. So I dumped the bowl of chili on the plate, started, and it you know, got a little soggy, not super soggy, mm-hmm. cut it up, and it was awesome. And so that was what I decided to get every time I would order those two things. They put it on the menu.
1: Nice. That is so satisfying. They in didn't life. name it after
0: me or anything. That would have been cool. The Bob, <laughs> or the the random scruffy college student <laughs> that can barely pay for the food he's in for.
1: So there are people that I learned also through like yeah. travel and cooking shows that eat. Uh, they put their chili on spaghetti.
0: That's the way my mom used to make it. See, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I, she's the only person I've ever known to do that, but it was really good. We had. That that seems like
1: the heaviest, like, break in your tummy m- meal. Well,
0: her chili wasn't super heavy anyway. Mm. It was just— She cooked that
1: while we were there. I didn't put it on the noodles, though, because I didn't—it was a line See, when I was she, afraid
0: When she made it, when we were growing up, it was all cooked together. The noodles mm. were a part of it. It wasn't like you were adding the chili to it later. And I told—because Jenny uh, makes chili very differently. <clears throat> and earlier in our marriage, I was like, hey, you know, I like your chili and all, but— my mom used to make it like this. Like, could you do that sometimes? And she was like, oh yeah, sure. If that's what you like, I'll make it, you know? So she made it a couple of times and then never again. (laughs) And I don't know if that's, she just wanted to go back to the way that she knew it or (laughs) she didn't like it or I know. She's from Florida.
1: She's like, this is a stupid idea. This is
0: dumb. Kentucky chili. You put
1: ranch dressing in your spaghetti.
0: (laughs) That sounds like too much, but you know, I should ask her if she'll do that again because it's pretty
1: good. Hmm. I like it. Well, there's a, um like people in Texas, chili doesn't have beans in it and they're very adamant about it. So it suggests meat and tomatoes? Yeah. Like don't put beans. If you know somebody from Texas and uh, they have they're very proud from being Texas <laughs> swagger, don't put beans in their chili because you're gonna get an earful about it.
0: I mean honestly the beans are the my least favorite part of chili.
1: I like I don't I, hate it. I don't think that they're but they're the star l- of the show by any means.
0: The star of the show. <laughs> The star of chili. I, I would be fine with chili without beans. So whoever's listening from Texas, yeah. <laughs> good pro. Good on you. Yeah, pro. Do we have any pros and cons for this week? I did. I don't remember. I got I to run in like All right. not even 15 minutes. Actually, I got to run now. So we probably should save that for next time. Okay. Got to go get my hair did. Um, We'll save them for next time. Okay. got anything
1: else? Nope. I'm going to stay and finish this helicopter.
0: <laughs> no, you're not.
1: It has a rotor. To, it has a rotor system. It's Check really it cool. Not only does it spin, it has a rotor angle or rotor That's blade pitch. Pretty awesome. And the it's got a swash plate. It's got pitch control links. Oh, yeah. This is good stuff. That's cool. Yep.
0: I doubt you'll finish it today,
1: but yeah, I doubt maybe you'll too. make some more progress.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, where can people
1: find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the PI workshop. The PI workshop.
0: And, oh, we didn't even talk about the training. Our mar- half marathon training has started. Yep. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, find us both at I Like to Make Stuff on All the Stuff. And thanks for listening. Catch you next time.
1: Bye-bye. Later. Later.